0: thank you, Father, for the resurrection. Proving that you are the Son of God. Making possible a life with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming. Doing your work in our lives. May we follow you well. Thank you for this opportunity to celebrate you, proclaim your death, resurrection, until you come again. We look forward to that day, the new earth, the new heaven. said. Amen. You may be seated. Kids, time to go to kids worship. Be a part of that, so we're glad that you're here, a part of our lives. What a privilege to see you and grow with for vacation time, and I um, appreciate that, I was gone last Sunday, got the little guy there again, he's back, and I love that little guy, and that's what you feel like when you go on vacation, huh? so I uh, had a great time in Southwest Iowa with my mom, taking her back for uh, her reunion, and um, really, really appreciated the time with her and my wife as we drove together, and uh, it was just a wonderful time to be with her family, and to share together with them, Go to Clarinda. it's in southwest Iowa, and uh, it's about 700 miles away, so uh, good drive back, and, and I'm thankful for the safety that the Lord gave us, and thank you so much for the time off, really, really appreciate it, it's greatly appreciated, uh, I will do it again in about 49 days or something like that, so, all right, we've been in this sermon series, Do You Know Me, looking at kind of some characters that maybe we don't know a lot about in the Bible. They might have brief mentions, but uh, we're having fun with it. Our first week was in uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, in Epaphras, a man of prayer. Uh, we'll talk about him just a little bit. Uh, we talked about Jethro, and from uh, Exodus chapter 18, uh, Moses' father-in-law and the wisdom that he had to help Moses and to encourage him in his ministry. Terry Schwartz was so kind to preach last week on Naaman's wife-maid. Hard to get that all in there. hope you did a better job than I just did, Terry. But uh, thank you so much for preaching for me last week. So today's Bible character is Jabez. Anybody not heard of Jabez? You wouldn't raise your hand, would you? (laughs) I first heard about Jabez, well, I'd read about him, but it never dawned on me the significance of him. But I first heard about him in uh, October of 2000. I was in Denver pastoring at a church, associate pastor, and I went to a pastor's prayer retreat at Snow Mountain Ranch in Granby. Anybody been to Snow Mountain Ranch, Granby? To a few of you, you need to get up there and see. It's a great place to go. There were about 40, 50 pastors there, mainly from the Denver area, Um, and I shared with them some kind of difficult news. matter of fact, as I was leaving to go on that retreat, uh, I got a note from my pastor asking me to move on. I'm very gracious, very kind, but as a new pastors sometimes come in, they want to bring in staff. Um, came a little bit as a surprise to me, and I was hurting, as you can imagine. And I shared that with that team, even though it was a, a, a private thing. But I shared that. It was a safe place. And um, Bishop Porter, Philip Porter, he was a part of the Promise Keepers movement, uh, he put me in the middle of all these pastors, and he prayed this of Jabez over me. Um, It still stands out. It was so significant of what he did for me. And I was like, wow, where's his prayer been all my life? (laughs) Of course, it's been in the Bible. I just hadn't noticed it, unfortunately. And then so within that, uh, right about that time, Bruce Wilkinson, Dr. Bruce Wilkinson, um, wrote a book. And uh, interestingly, it's called The Prayer of Jabez. That's a pretty creative title, I guess, huh? well worth getting this book and reading through it. It's done a lot for me and encouraged me. How many of you have read it? The Prayer of a book. A number of you. Good, good. A number more will get it. Um, it's not long. Oh, what, a hundred pages or so? <clears throat> kind of big print. You can get through it pretty quick-like. But a significant book of what Bruce Wilkinson um, has done and how God... He has a couple other books like this. The Secret of the Vine from John 15. Excellent book, too, about this size. But uh, this book kind of did some things for me as God used this book and what uh, Dr. Wilkinson had put together for us. And I'm so, so grateful for it. Um, I think that reading the book and praying the prayer, uh, which is going to be our application point for today, I encourage you to a 30-day challenge, to pray this prayer every day and see what God does as you go about what God does in your life. Now, interestingly, this passage 1 Chronicles chapter 4. This passage is right in the midst of nine chapters of genealogies. You know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So I find it very interesting that in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit guided the chronicler. (laughs) We don't know exactly who did that work for us. But he had him stop and to make this comment about these two verses about Jabez. There are a few other people in there that get a little bit more press time than their name, but not too many. And so yesterday, Friday, as I went out and, and did a walk and did a little bit of running, um, I listened to it because I wanted to hear those names, and I wanted to hear a professional read those names. And also, I was very interested to see if I could hear any discernible breaks where they re-recorded because they messed up the names. Because you can do that as you listen to your Bible on on you know the YouTube app or the U uh, the version app, you can, you can hear at times maybe it comes in just a little bit louder or a little bit not quite the same discernible uh, decibels. And so I listened, and I was just amazed. I mean, he he read those names really well and also really fast. It, it, I mean, not not like he had to go. Um, the son of Solomon was uh, uh, Rehoboam. Abijah, his son, Asa's son, Jehoshaphat. No, he didn't do that. I mean, he just went right through him. It was pretty amazing to me. And I could only maybe hear maybe a, one or two times maybe where there might have been just a little bit of a re-record over that. But it's a significant thing, what God has for us today and what God had for Jabez. So I'm going to ask you to read the prayer with me. So next slide, please. So would you join me, please? Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted his request. Father, This is your word. You purposely put these two verses in here, this commentary about Jabez, for a purpose. And one of those purposes was for us today, July 2nd, 2023, to consider what we can learn from Jabez and this prayer. Thank you for being so gracious and to guide us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't think it's... It's name and what it means that's significant to this passage. It's important and valuable, but there's other things that I think are more important. But you know this. Names and what those names communicated, especially in the Old Testament, were very, very significant. Jacob, his name means what? Deceiver. Supplanter. And that's who he was. Solomon, his name means peace. And he's the first king that had peace over Israel and over Jerusalem. Those names are very important. And maybe in your name is very important. Maybe your mom and dad or the, the people that named you came maybe from grandparents. Maybe their name, your name, communicates something very, very valuable to you. Worth considering that. Worth thinking about that for you. But Jabez means pain or sorrow. Amplified, we could take it, he causes pain. Not exactly the most endearing of names, is it? Anybody here named Jabez? Yeah, I didn't think so, right? Why does Jabez's mom name him Pain? <laughs> not, ex- uh, uh, you know, uh, not that she was thinking ahead. Maybe that he's a pain in the neck or a pain in some other part of the body, right? Must have been something unusual about that birth. Must have been more difficult than normal. Now, ladies, um, knowing what we have not experienced—that as men, other than you yelling at us during transition—it's not easy. Very, very difficult. And we are so glad that you've carried on for us and you birthed our kids, because we wouldn't have been able to do it. But there's something significant about this. Was that? Was there more pain than with normal in here? Was it a hard birth? We really don't know. She just knows that she names him Jabez because something took place that was difficult. Now, we know there's pain. We knew that would happen in the fall. In Genesis chapter 3, as God is speaking to Eve, you know that. I will surely multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain, you shall bring forth children. And you know that, and we know that, that it is not easy. But it's what that follows that I think is the significant part in this prayer that he offers to the Lord. It goes on to say in here, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Jabez is more honorable than his brothers. Now remember, this is the Chronicler writing. The person that God had to put this together for us. This is not Jabez making a commentary about himself. No, this is the chronicle telling us something about him describing Jabez. There's something extraordinary about him that sets him apart from his brothers and many others around him. And I think we can assume that the honorable description is not just in his mom's eyes, or that his brothers weren't honorable, but is a reference to the Lord's description of Jabez. This is God's thought about who Jabez is as he's having the Chronicler give us the information here in First Chronicles. To be called honorable by the Lord is a real honor. To be called honorable by the Lord is a real honor. Something we should all pursue. Not for our own honor, of course, but for his honor. That he would look at us and say that in my eyes you are honorable. Now again, that doesn't mean his brothers weren't honorable. He just says they're more honorable. But in God's eyes, that's who Jabez is, and we want to learn from that. Let's look at those reasons why he's more honorable, and I think it begins with this heartfelt prayer as Jabez called upon the God of Israel. Obviously, we take this prayer now. We call it the prayer of Jabez. A couple weeks back, on 618, we prayed about, we, we looked at Epaphras, a man of prayer. And Paul testifies about him in Colossians chapter 4. He says the Epaphras, who is one of you, and a servant of Christ Jesus sends greetings, is always wrestling in prayer for you. He's always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. As I share together, I love that passage. I love that passage. He's just always wrestling in prayer for you. That what? that you would be in the will of God, that you'd mature, and that you'd stand firm in that. You wouldn't stray from it. You wouldn't swerve to the right or to the left. But you stay right on that path that God has for you. You know, we could call that the prayer of Epaphras. Even though I've not heard it called that, but I'm going to put that name on it. The prayer of Epaphras for us. Just as we have the prayer of Jabez. And you know what? He calls on the same God. The same God that Jabez called him, the God of Israel. He calls him the same God of Israel in his prayer for his friends. As I gave you the challenge a couple weeks ago to grow in your prayer life, how have you done? Have you given it more time? Have you made it more of a priority? It's not going to get there if we don't do those things. That we say, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to begin my day. This is how I'm going to end my day. This is how, what I'm going to do in the middle of the day. Some people take, I remember uh, James Dobson talking about uh, his grandfather praying at 11 o'clock every day for him. He had some good results. Got to make it a priority. Even today, did you make it a priority? We gave you a couple extra hours to get here. Take advantage of it. Make it a priority. Spend more time in it. Write out your list. Set a time when you're going to pray. How long you're going to pray? How many days you're going to pray. You do those things and that will help you to make it that priority that you need to have so that you can be like a pastor. So you can be like Jacob. As he begins his prayer, oh that you would bless me. Now you could take this as a selfish prayer request. Or you could see this as the ask of a humble man who wants the Lord to bless and provide for him. mean you look at it, oh, that you'd bless me. Is that selfish? I don't think so. Not for the results he got. It's simply the ask of a humble man who says, Lord, I, I want you. I want your favor to be upon me. I want your good hand to be upon me. I want you. And I want your Which one of us doesn't want to experience His bountiful care and provision, right? All of us want to have that from Him. So why not ask for it humbly? That's Jabez does. James four two says, "You don't have because you don't ask. Ask, Lord, bless me. I want You to provide for me. I want to see Your hand upon my life." Matthew seven seven says, "Us, well, ask and it will be given to you." Seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened. He gives us that invitation. So ask, Lord, bless me like Jabez. Psalm 37, four, kind of my life first. Delight yourself in the Lord. and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because your desires will be his desires because you're delighting yourself in him. And not for my sake, Lord, I want to delight in you. I want you to be the priority in my life. I want to see your hand in my life, your provision in my life. When I do that, then you're going to bring those things into my life. Now, this isn't a MasterCard type of ask. Just put your MasterCard down and get whatever you want, right? Visa, Discover, whatever you use. It's not that kind of ask. No, this is is an ask of asking for God's delights and his work in your life. I, like you, want the Lord to bless and provide for me. Why? So it's obvious to everyone that I'm a part of his family and that I'm under his care, right? Don't you want that in your life? That it would be obvious to everyone that you're with God, that you're in this relationship with him, and you're under his care. We'd all want that as brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we know this. For the Lord to bless me, for the Lord to bless you, to bless us as a church, we're going to have to be obedient to you. He's not going to do it just because we asked for it and we choose to do whatever we want to do. We, we choose to not follow the Word of God. His, his blessing isn't going to be upon us. When we choose to obey, we choose to do what He asks us to do and, and find joy and delight in that, then His blessing can be upon us. His provision can be upon us. So pray that prayer and then live it out in obedience. Oh, Lord, would you bless me like Jabez and I want to follow goes on as part of his prayer. Oh, that you would enlarge my border. Now, you could take that as a selfish prayer request, right? But no, let's take it as an ask of a humble man who wants the Lord to enlarge his influence and give him and use him in bigger ways. Wilkinson titles in the book. He titles this chapter, Living Large for God. I like that. Living large for God. Living big for God. My prayer as I've prayed this prayer through the years is this. Lord, Increase your borders or your territory through me. I'm not interested in increasing my own physical territory. I'm not interested in a bigger house, bigger car. I'm interested, like you, I'm interested in that God would use me in greater ways for his kingdom that more people would come to know Jesus Christ. You with me? Yeah, I know you are. That's why you're here. Lord, increase my border, increase my territory, increase my influence for you. That people would come to know Jesus Christ because they see Jesus in me and Jesus in you, and they would follow him even more closely. Now, of course, this is going to require my willingness to go along with what he wants to do in my life if he wants to increase my spiritual influence. As a pastor, I I want that to happen. You, as my friends, I want that to happen in your life, in your job, in your sports, in your recreation, in your school. That God would use you in enlarge your borders, your influence, so that others would see Jesus in you, and then they would turn to Him and find Him and build His kingdom, as we sang earlier. That's what we want to have. And that's what we want to see. Now, you know, if, if this is going to happen, though, it's going to require... Greater faith on my part. If God's going to give me bigger influence and say, Here you go, Brother Scott, I'm giving you this opportunity to make a difference, guess what I got to do? I got to step out of the boat. It's going to require greater faith on my part to pray this prayer. And for you, in the same way. When you pray this prayer, Oh Lord, increase my border, Father, open up my influence, it's going to mean we got to step out in faith and do what he's doing in our lives and find what he wants us to do as he opens that door. Hmm. going to be effort. It's going to require wisdom to be able to do when he opens those borders for me and enlarges my borders for me and for you. He goes on and he says, Oh, that my hand, your hand might be with me. Now, you could take this as a selfish prayer request, or you could see this as the ask of a humble man who wants the Lord's presence to be with him as he moves into the new borders the Lord has for him. Think about that. God opens up new borders for you, and we look at him and we go, oh, Lord, I'm not so sure I want that border. I'm not so sure I really want to do that, have that influence in that area, in that person's life. And that serve that you have for me and the Lord's gone but I gave it to you prayed the prayer you said enlarge my borders now here we are and our my, my moment and now is to say lord I need your hand I need your help you've opened this door for me now lord help me to walk through it because I need your help to do that and we think about his hand as we see hand in scripture his comfort his hand his directing hand his guiding hand we see all those things that are part of what he wants us to do. Wilkinson titles this chapter The Touch of Greatness. And uh, I could read a lot of illustrations from here, but I just thought I'd I pretty much made this my sermon, not his book, to be honest with you. But man, he's got some great illustrations. So he's talking about this as he's praying this prayer. God enlarges this border for him, the territory, the spiritual influence for him. And he says this <clears throat> Talk about plummeting. I felt out of control and the weak. Nothing like a leader is supposed to feel. And most days, all I could see was the ground rushing up at me. Maybe you've had that in your lifetime at some point. Things are all around, God opens up these borders, and you're going, whoa, this is overwhelming. That's what he felt. It was early in my ministry adventure, after doors had started to burst open on exciting new possibilities at Walk Through the Bible. Anybody ever do the Walk Through the Bible seminars? Got one, couple, three or four, yeah. We, it takes you through the, the, the Bible, like walk through the Old Testament. They take you through the Bible, helping you to go through it chronologically, but you do it by doing motions and memorizing how it goes. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, but there's motions to it. And, it, you know, I did it 45 years ago, so I don't have them still down, okay? But it's really, really well done. Really, really well done. Got very popular in the 80s and the 90s. He's the head of this. God's opening these doors all over for him to be able to take these seminars help people to think through the Bible. Anyway, but I just couldn't shake the feeling that I was the wrong man for the job. Extremely upset, I decided to seek the counsel of a trusted older man. John Mitchell was in his 80s then, a Yorkshire-born Bible teacher who had been a spiritual father to thousands. I told him what I thought God was calling me to do, his borders enlarging, and then confessed my problems. I was still trying to describe my crisis in some detail when he broke in. Son, he said in his kindly brogue, "That feeling you are running from is called dependence. It means you're walking with the Lord Jesus." He paused to let me take in his words and continued, "Actually, the second you're not feeling dependent is the second you backed away from truly living by faith." Boom. <laughs> that feeling you're feeling—what, overwhelmed and it's difficult and it's hard and you need God's help and his presence. Oh Lord, let your hand be with me. That's called faith. That's called dependence. Because that's where he wants you to be. Can't do it on your own. I need your help. I need you to walk through it. Goes on. Bruce continues on. I didn't like what I heard. You're saying, Dr. Mitchell, that the feeling I just can't do it is what I'm supposed to be feeling? Why certainly, young man. You said beaming? That's the one, all right? <laughs> It's a frustrating and utterly exhilarating truth, isn't it? As God's chosen, blessed sons and daughters, we are expected to attempt something large enough that failure is guaranteed unless God steps in. See, he's calling you now, right now. He's calling you right now. He's got a job for you. When we open the door, oh, Lord, would you bless me? Would you enlarge my territory? Would you enlarge my border? And God begins to do that. Then we say, I need you because this is bigger than me. Anybody ever been in that spot before? Maybe you're right there now. you God, all these things, you're opening up these doors. You're enlarging my territory, my influence for you. And Lord, I'm overwhelmed by it. It seems too big for me. Then cry out to him, oh, that your hand would be with me guess what? It will be. It will be. Because that's what He promises to us. Right? He is Emmanuel. God with us. That's who He is. And He will come alongside and help you. We need to recognize and confess that all I have is Christ? We can't do it in our own power. We need Him to come alongside us, as the Comforter, as the Emmanuel, as the One who walks along alongside us. So as He gives you more influence, as He gives me more influence, we cry out to Him: "Oh, that Your hand would be with me, Your presence would." be with me. Then he goes on, Jabez goes on, know that you would keep me from harm. Now you can take this again as a selfish prayer request, or you can see this as the ask of a humble man who wants the Lord to protect him as his serve gets larger. Wilkins titles this chapter, keeping the legacy safe. You see, once the Lord allows our borders, our influence, our ministry to expand. It will draw the attention of the one who does not want our borders and influence and ministry to expand and enlarge, Satan. He's going to rise up. As God gives us the opportunities, he's going to rise up and he wants to prevent that from happening because he doesn't want the kingdom of God to be built. He wants to be destroyed. So we need the Lord's presence to protect us. Notice that his request, keep me from harm, is followed by so that might not bring me pain. You see, his life becomes a contradiction of his name, from his mother naming him Jabez due to her pain in childbirth, and possibly the pain he experienced living out with his name, to I don't want to be harmed and endure pain once again. Protect me, Lord. It's a fair prayer. In the midst of all that is his kingdom expands around you and your influence expands and you need his help. And things come and Satan comes up against you. You want, as I would want, God, would you protect me from that? Would you keep me from that harm? Doesn't mean it's not going to come. But Lord, I need you to be there to protect me, to help me out as we go through. You think of that in Psalm 23. Oh Lord, as I walk through the valley of shadow of death, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He's praying that kind of the same prayer in the same way, just with his own. And lastly, as we go through this prayer, notice what happens at the end of verse 10. And God granted what he asked. Get that? God granted what he asked. Now, I can guarantee you that if Jabez was asking selfishly for the Lord's blessing, influence, power, presence, and protection, the Lord would not have granted his request. You with me? If he's asking selfishly for my gain, for me, Lord. No, when he's asking, he's asking humbly. The Lord granted his request because that's how he asked his prayer. God is humbly, Jabez humbly asking the Lord for God to guide him in new and bigger and more influential ways for his sake, not Jabez. Now, I'm thinking about this, going through this passage, you know, it kind of ends right there. God granted his request. What happened? What happened to Jabez? What happened for Jabez? We don't know. What kind of blessings did he get? What kind of presence of God did he get? What kind of protection did he get? We don't know the answer to that. We just have to know God said in his word as he taught, guided the chronicler, God granted his request. Just don't know specifically what the answers were for him. But we do know that this they had to come from God's grace they had to come from his grace his unmerited favor because Jabez asked with humility oh Lord would you bless me oh Lord would your hand be with me oh Lord would you keep me from harm so that I would not be in pain and God granted his request and I think this he got God's blessing but my guess is he also was a blessing When God blesses us, what do we do with it? We share it. We give it away. We honor Him with it. As He honors us, we honor Him with it, and we help others to build the kingdom and to grow in the kingdom. You see, the Lord delights when we call out to Him in prayer and ask for His blessing and provision. The Lord delights when we ask Him to enlarge our border. So we have greater spiritual influence. The Lord delights when we ask Him for His hand, His presence to be with us. The Lord delights when we ask Him to keep us from spiritual harm through His protection. My best thought is this that if you humbly pray this prayer like Jabez, God will excitedly grant you your request. That's what I'm going to ask you to do this week and this next month for 30 days. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer every day. Write it out, open up your Bible. Put it somewhere, put it on your U version, your app, tablet, whatever you have, and to pray this prayer every day. Pray to the God of Israel for more of his blessings, for more of his provision, for more of his influence, for more of his power, for more of his protection. That's a good prayer to pray every day, isn't it? Yes, no? (laughs) So I'm going to help you today. Pray this prayer. You're going to get a start today. Join me. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted his Let's see how the Lord grants this request for you and for me, what he does in your life, what he does in the lives of the people around you, your family and friends. And would you do this for me? As you see what God does, as you pray this prayer each day, would you share back with me what God's doing as he grants this request? Share with the people around you what God's doing in your life because you're praying this prayer every day. So I can tell you this, you're already one for one. You just prayed it. You can pray it again tonight if you want. You can pray it again in the afternoon. But I am going to encourage you, as we as a body and a congregation, to pray this prayer every day for the rest of this month. As we conclude our service today, on this July 4th weekend, we're going to sing God Bless America. i got more for that than I did talking about the Bible. I think it's a good thing, okay, but okay, this is why that's why that's why we had the Lord's Supper earlier because we just got talking about God blessing Jabez and don't we want God to bless America? Yeah, we do, but that's never going to happen unless we obey Him. It's just not going to happen and we're called to do that I, can't change all the people out there and we try and doing our best to help them get God's blessing. But the fact of the matter is we want God to bless our country. Here's a quick little synopsis of the song before we sing it. It's what I read this week. This simple one verse song became an overnight hit and a hopeful song is war threatened. It's not a patriotic song, composer Urban Berlin said in a 1940 interview but an expression of gratitude for what this country has done for its citizens and of what home really means. And as they comment on what he had said, today many Americans consider God bless America as the unofficial national anthem of the United States. First of all, as we think about it, I would like to thank our military veterans, those that have served. We're grateful for you. you so much for the service that you've done for us to protect our freedoms so that we could sing a song like this, God Bless America. But let's make the singing of God Bless America a prayer for our country. Not just singing the song, but let's make it a prayer for our country. We want God to bless our country just like he blessed Jabez. But as I mentioned, it's only going to happen as we obey his commands and follow his ways like Jabez. We would want God to grant our request today that He would bless our country. So, would you stand with me as we sing together? God bless America Land that I love Stand beside her And guide her Through the night with the light The mountains to the prairies to the oceans wide with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America. want you to bless our country. And you want to bless our country. Father, would you help us to do that which would bring your blessing? Like J.B. We would cry out to him. We cry out to you. Oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that your hand would be with me. Oh, Lord. would find that in their heart as you're working in their heart as you speak to them through creation as you speak to them through conscience as you speak to them through us your body so that you would grant our request thank you that you are active thank you that you're sovereign you're in control you're moving through our lives Father let us see your hand in our lives friends' lives and our country's life, because we live at you we follow you we delight in you thank you so much for this opportunity to be together to grow together to be challenged and help us to be like Jabez and to pray oh that you